health and wellness go hand in hand, quite honestly. And to me, wellness is a practice. So it's a it's a practice so that way you can have health. So you have to practice wellness techniques, and that's how you think. It's uh, what you eat. It's how you move. It's the people you surround yourself with. It's your relationship. All those contribute to wellness, and all those contribute to health. Welcome to Startup Health Now, the podcast where we talk to the entrepreneurs transforming the future of health and discuss the health moonshots they're working to achieve. I'm your host, Logan Plaster. Today on the show, a very special guest, Venus Williams. The tennis icon and Olympian has built on her success on the court to become a savvy and successful entrepreneur, investor, and advisor. Now she's making her mark in health innovation. Specifically, Venus Williams has partnered with Zeal, the wellness company that invented the idea of massage on demand. Now Zeal has expanded to be a tech platform that offers a range of wellness on the go services. So Zeal co-founder Allison Harmelin sat down with the iconic tennis star to get her candid thoughts about health, family, entrepreneurship, and how startups can bounce back from COVID-19 even stronger than they started. I hope you enjoy the interview. So excited to have icon, entrepreneur, Olympian, role model, and woman of so many other titles, Venus Williams, here to discuss with us uh, all the various exciting things going on in healthcare, uh, the startup health stratosphere, and, and ideas about health moonshots from someone who is an entrepreneur in her own right, uh, an advisor, a board member. I mean, she's in it in startups in a way that very few people are, and I think uh, has really a unique perspective on how COVID has affected so many companies, uh, every company, let's, let's be honest. Um, so thank you for being with us. We are grateful to have you with us. Mm-hmm. And let me, let me ask you, how do you think startups are handling COVID and fighting through COVID and maybe even using COVID as an opportunity? How are startups fighting through COVID? It's it's an opportunity. That's how I see it. At first, it was a shock. At first, we had no idea how long it's going to last. And now that we are fully in the thick of it, you have to adjust. Champions adjust. That's what I always say. And if you want to have a champion business, a champion team, you have to adjust. And also find an opportunity. And I feel like COVID has also been a refinement. It's refined your team, it's refined your business, and you've had to really think about being a product of service that is not just wanted, but needed. And so how do you position yourself that way? So it's been almost like that coach that pushes you. And even though the pushing is painful and you just feel like you're gonna lose your lunch, (laughs) and because of it, you come out refined, you really do. It's a great point. I always say entrepreneurs have iron stomachs. Um, I could not, you know, you're the CEO of multiple companies and you sit on multiple boards. Um, Sometimes I feel like I don't have the stomach for it because whether it's having to lay off half the company, furloughing half the company, I mean, these things all fall on the CEO and to some extent to the board. How do you not lose your lunch? 
how do you get through it? It's hard. It is hard. And like you said, sometimes you fur furlough, sometimes you have to let people go. And those are very tough decisions. But as a business, you do have to survive. And it's, it's that bigger, that big picture you have to look at. And I think that's how you keep your lunch is that you're looking at that big picture and you realize that there are some tough decisions you have to make today that you would never, ever, ever want to be in that position of. But the smart businesses are looking at that big picture and learning how to survive through it. You were talking about, and this is something our CEO says, he says, must have as opposed to nice to have. Yes. He says, forget about companies that were nice to have. In the middle of COVID, nobody cares. If it's not a must have, literally an essential, in some way essential business, mm -hmm. um, it's not going to thrive through COVID and beyond. Mm -hmm. um, talk to me a little bit about someone who's made her life in fitness and wellness and why fitness and wellness and health are more essential now than ever more essential now than ever. People are so focused on their health. I remember during COVID, I had to book my green drinks and my, my smoothies the night before, because if I hadn't ordered by 9 a.m., they were sold out. And people were just looking for not only something to help them uh, be better physically, but also psychologically to know that you are doing something well for yourself. So uh, being on the board of Zeal, that was amazing and interesting to see the continued evolution because of COVID and to be able to offer people wellness opportunities on an online and digital platform. And I actually did a couple stretching sessions that I've mixed actually strength and stretching, which I hadn't really done before. It was amazing. And like 20,000 people showed up for that. Did you know that? So much fun. And I, I feel like we have to continue to do that. These kinds of mom was Your mom kept popping in with, She's so good. She I is so funny. Your sidekick. There's that. She's part. She's part of Coach Venus. Every yeah. once in a while, she hands you like a, a tool or like, <laughs> really, really, really cute mom. Um, no, but Coach Venus is a great example. I, Coach Venus is something you started since lockdown, right? Yeah, I started since lockdown. It was honestly a brainchild of one of my my team members at 11. She said, people are going to be looking to work out. This is long before all the workout equipment had sold out. This is long. This was the, maybe the first week. And I, so I did a, a post of me working out. She's like, okay, we got to do more. So she really had that vision of seeing what was going to happen. And I think I was a little naive. I was a little naive thinking, um, won't be long, but it was a long time. But honestly, doing Coach Venus, and we did all these sessions of working out every single day, different sessions, different guests. It actually kept me motivated. It gave me a reason to be stronger. And when I would work out and I really couldn't do the workout, but somehow I got through it, you know, like doing a hundred arm raises. I don't do arm raises. I'm very strong, but it, it made me determined to challenge my body in a different way. So it was wonderful to help other people, but in helping other people, it helped me. And that's what wellness is all about. I think it's kind of that circle of, of helping yourself and because you're well and because you're strong it gives you the opportunity to help someone else because you're 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 well if you're not mentally well if you're not emotionally well if you're not physically well you can't help anyone else because you're barely making it i took up yoga I, i've done it on and off for a long time but during COVID, i felt like yoga 
I really needed yoga. So I went back to it and virtually through zeal, I had a coach for an hour, five days a week. I mean, I really committed to it. And like you, I had my juices and I'm fishing around for turmeric across three States. And I've got all these ideas about what's, you know, what, what we need to do to stay well in these unusual times. What would you say to startups getting started up in these unusual times in the healthcare space? It's one thing to try to just keep yourself balanced and sane. It's another thing to start a business. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to an entrepreneur, uh, a new entrepreneur who's starting up right now? Or it, yeah, right now? yeah, I think that you you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said one of uh, Samer's favorite savings, sayings is, you know, is this something that I need or something that I want? Is it a must have or that? So anyone starting a business right now, the whole landscape of business is changing. Uh, office space is changing. Uh, how much office space are we going to need after this with people working from home? People are going to be looking to now save money on office space. Um, people are now learning to work even more together as a team virtually. So everything's changing and it's never going to go back to what it was in my opinion. So when you're starting a business right now, you've got to think about that. How do you survive in this new kind of landscape where the expectations are different? But also it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. What kind of businesses, when you think about investing, what kinds of things are you looking at? Now there, Startup Health has invested in, in dozens, if not hundreds of small startups, but what kind mm -hmm. of things are you really thinking about long-term? Long-term, especially now, as I become a little more seasoned and a little bit older, <laughs> of course, I'm thinking I think about- you by quite a bit. <laughs> I'm thinking about um, how to help other people and how you're investing to, to help other people. And I think 2020 has made us think about our health and it's made us think about um, our differences, but how we can have less differences, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement. There's been a real push towards investing in minority-owned businesses and uh corporations offering even discounts or um, seminars or virtual um, summits, all sorts of things like that. So it's, it, it is opportunity right now. So 2020 has changed us because of that. And there are, there are so many opportunities because of it in a disastrous year, really. I'll actually send you something you'll really enjoy. So Alpaca, which is Ryan uh, Friedman's uh, venture capital fund, they've mm -hmm. actually decided to put their money where their mouth is. They have committed a certain uh, percentage of their new fund to minority owned businesses. Mm -hmm. So they're looking specifically at saying, we're not just going to talk the talk, walk the walk, we're gonna put the money. And that's a really interesting point right there because I think there is a lot of talk that goes on. Um, but at the end of the day, um, people need to understand that people sitting on, whether it was the, the makeup of the board, the makeup of the executive team, whether it's women or people of color, it changes the perspectives, I think. And I also think it changes the way the companies operate. What would you say uh, about diversity in the workplace and why it's not just good for people, it's good for business? Right, diversity in the workplace is extremely important. But not only is diversity in the workplace important, but accepting 
people for who they are. And I'll give you an example of that. As an African-American woman, sometimes you'll go into a meeting and you're like, oh, how can I wear my hair? If I wear my hair in braids, you know, <laughs> people you know, won't take me seriously or they'll judge me or this I'll is my hat. unprofessional. <laughs> exactly. So but, uh, we have to not only be diverse, but also accept other cultures and the fact that your hair may be different, how you perceive things may be different. So it's for me, it's just taking it even another step that we are all different, but that's okay. It actually makes it better. And that that also for me, diversity is in age as well. You have to have all different kinds of ages, all different kinds of backgrounds. And you know, when I'm talking to my team and when we're hiring, I, I ask this question, it's like, do you like this person because they're so much like us? Or should we be looking for someone with a little bit different opinion. Of course, you want someone who's going to fit your culture, but it shouldn't be, you know, lemmings. There should yeah. be diversity in thought and that diversity in age and diversity in background. All those things are extremely important to me. One of the things that Sam, our, our CEO, always says is that he doesn't want yes people and that that's useless to him. Because if you're just regurgitating back to him what he already thinks, you're teaching him nothing. There's that old saying, when you're talking, you learn, what's this saying about something that you're talking, the only time you learn is when you're listening. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, being a better listener, that's actually, uh, it should be on all of our lists right now. <laughs> um, I'm gonna ask you how you feel about uh, young women uh, and particularly the women of this, what I don't want to call the COVID generation, but I think this generation of kids uh, is going to be seen through the lens of this thing that's happened to them. How do you think it will change the way they work, they think, they invest? Yeah, this COVID generation, they've, they, this is impressionable for young people because part of your youth are, are, are the things that you remember most of all and, it, and it's an impression. So the fact that COVID happened to young people took away opportunities to be in school, took away graduation, took away opportunities to a year away from sports. Th those are opportunities you don't get back. You know, if you're playing on a college team or a high school team, you cannot get that time back. So this will change them, I think, and I hope their priorities in life. And so hopefully it's less of a kind of Instagram life, but a, a real priority of like, these things actually are important. School is important. Achievement is important. Um, being Having the opportunity to, to move and be well and to play a sport is more important than perhaps being an influer, influencer because that is such a huge influence on young people. So hopefully it, it will be a shift in priorities. I, from, from your mouth to God's ears, I see, even my seven-year-old daughter looking at Instagram, and I know it was initially a wellness. They wanted it to be for fitness influencers and wellness influencers. There's nothing well about th thinking that 510102 is a normal weight. There's nothing mm -hmm. well about thinking that the only kind of hair is this kind of, it's actually very unwell. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very careful to tell her that those pictures, one, are not real pictures. They've been altered. Mm -hmm. And then two, just because she looks like that and she 
that doesn't need to do, it really doesn't need to have anything to do with her. I'm very, very careful about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also love what you were saying about the fact that wellness is about being well and maybe not being perfect. So Zeal, one of the, in our mission statement, we talk about this sort of cult of wellness was not healthy for women and not healthy for the mental health. So can you talk about the difference between health and wellness and perhaps how there has to be a happy middle ground? Because I think you're so good at that. You're really good at being grounded. Mm -hmm. Health and wellness go hand in hand, quite honestly. And to me, wellness is a practice. So it's it's a practice so that way you can have health. So you have to practice wellness techniques and that's how you think. It's uh, what you eat. It's how you move. It's the people you surround yourself with. It's your relationship. All those contribute to wellness and all those contribute to health. So we have to practice wellness so that way we can be well. And we can't think about just today. We have to think about the long-term. And I mean, we could just go down a rabbit hole with all this, but I also started practicing mindfulness um, and meditation during COVID. And that's something also that Zeal offers too. And I started doing it online. Normally you would do it in person. Because I'm still trying. I, yes. I really find myself being a little ADD and I'm over here and I, are you, are you getting there? It was, it was hard to stop because for me, moving and doing things and going crazy is actually fun. And me too. I'm, starting to, I'm starting to rethink that. Like you have got to stop and the fact that I need constant stimulate, stimulation is not a good thing. I've, I've made myself addicted to that. So I'm starting to realize that mindfulness is important. And also I'm learning to practice it in a way that helps me. And so it's a few minutes of mindfulness a few times a day. And so sometimes for me, that's also focusing on my tennis game or whatever it is. So in a way that fits within your lifestyle, because we're all busy and crazy and going and to be able to sit down for an hour every day to do that might not be possible, but could you do it a few times a day for a few minutes? Absolutely. And it becomes a practice. Where's that that's what I've been working on. <laughs> no, I've always heard this from you and this is very much who you are and, and your aura. And what came to me when you were speaking was, you really want to start up, you got to slow down. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to know when to press the gas and you got to know when to put the brakes, you know, you do have to know. And that's in business also, because you can also grow too fast and that'll kill you. You can also grow too slow and that will kill you. So you've got to know when to speed up and when to slow down. And uh, that, that takes um, strategy, but it also takes intuition. So yeah, that's a whole other subject that we could just dive into as well. You're all into that, but there's yeah, so many, uh, because there's so many things you can you want to achieve, but you're thinking, okay, what what are what are the keys? What are what are the key moments for me this year? And what should I really pump the the gas on? Where what's not really working? Where do we have to stop? Even if that was my dream and my vision, how do I how do I turn around to actually make something that is sustainable and works? Thank you so much for your wisdom and for your thoughts. Thank you. Always love being in conversation with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Startup Health invests in health transformers from around the world who are committed to achieving audacious health moonshots. 
if you want to learn how you can join this community of entrepreneurs, or if you want to connect with one of our 330 companies, go to startuphealth.com. Thanks for listening to Startup Health Now. We'll be back next week.